Why should I be frightened of dying? See no reason for it. You better go sometime. Hello and welcome to the Sam Reed's Near Death Experiences podcast. Thank you very much for listening. This episode is going to be a bit different than some of the others I've done previously. I don't have any NDEs to read in this episode. Every now and then I find it's useful or valuable to try to sum up my thoughts on near-death experiences, to try to pull together all the different NDEs I've read and try to make sense of it because they're all different and it's kind of a juggling act to try to figure out what what's at the bottom of of this phenomenon. And to do that, I wanted to tell you a little story about something that happened to me a few months back. I was walking in my neighborhood uh, in the evening and ran into my neighbor. She knows that I have this podcast and that I am into near-death experiences and stuff. And we were talking about a recent celebrity who had passed away. And she quite suddenly says, what do you think she saw when she died? And the immediate reaction I had was to laugh, although she was being serious, but I would never presume to know what someone would see when they die. That is something that is beyond me and something that is very personal and that question sort of made me laugh at the thought of it. I don't even know what I will see when I die, let alone someone else. And so I tried to give her the best generic answer that I could, that perhaps she saw a bright light, perhaps she saw some deceased loved ones that had passed away earlier, and I didn't really have a good answer. And something that you might find surprising about me is that I don't generally enjoy talking about near-death experiences in social situations. I find they're very personal and very deep and not something to be talked about casually. But I do understand that every now and then that sort of thing is going to come up. And death is something that people are very interested in for good reason. So that got me thinking after after that encounter with my neighbor of her question and if there was a better answer I could have given to that question. What does someone see when they die? Obviously, as I said, it's quite personal. It's going to be something that is individualized for them. But that got me thinking that perhaps there are certain things that I could say that may give someone at least some idea of the nature or character of what the moment of death might be like. From here on, this is all pure speculation, but just drawing on the NDEs that I've read, the first thing that I would say is that your NDE or an individual's NDE will be characterized or shaped by their culture, 
and by their cultural expectations of death. And this is not exact. This is not objective. This is not saying that if your culture believes this, that you will see this. This is just a general schema to try to fit in what one might see at the moment of death. And I think a good way to try to get an idea of this is to say, if you were to close your eyes and tell me what heaven looks like to you, what would that be? And everyone's going to have a different answer. But people of a particular culture might have certain images or motifs or patterns that, that start to cluster together. For instance, a lot of Western NDEs talk about a tunnel heading to a, a bright light. There may be some landscape or, or field or garden or the pearly gates or some barrier, something like that. But it can be quite specific cultural imagery as well. I have been reading a book on NDEs in indigenous cultures around the world. And one particular image stuck out to me when I was reading about the near-death experiences in the Ojibwe tribe. There were several NDEs that mentioned seeing a giant strawberry in their NDEs, and they were not to eat this uh, strawberry, or when they tried to eat the strawberry, it would turn to stone. That is a very specific image, which, from what I can tell, has to be a cultural expectation or something specific to that tribe's conception of the afterlife. And if we were to zoom out one level from a specific indigenous tribe to other indigenous tribes that I was reading about in this book. A lot of them share certain motifs such as having to cross a river or their path being blocked by a mysterious fire. And then maybe zooming out a few more levels to where we're getting to something that is more general that perhaps all of humankind shares in their conceptions of the afterlife would be that often these near-death experiencers would meet deceased loved ones or relatives or friends that had passed on. And that is something we see in Western NDEs as well and is as close to, from what I understand, to be a human universal as, as perhaps we can say. So that would be the first thing that I could possibly say about what someone might see at the moment of death. The second thing that I could say about what someone might see at the moment of death gets into a somewhat murkier territory. And that is the question of what will the experience be like? Is it going to be pleasant? Is it going to be distressing? A lot of people I see talk about NDEs have a morbid fascination with the ones that are hellish and, and dark and scary. And there's this 
fear of having that sort of experience of going to hell, right? It's, it's kind of a terrifying thought. But what determines whether someone has a, a, a beautiful heavenly experience or an awful hellish experience? That is obviously something I'm not qualified to answer. But I feel like there is one data point that you can look at in your own life to try to tell perhaps what the moment of death might be like. And that is this. A near-death experience is autonomous imagery within you. It's more than that, but that is what it is. And so, what is the nature of other autonomous imagery within you like? Dreams are also autonomous imagery. And when I say autonomous, I mean that you are not picking what you see. You may see things that you expect to see or obviously things that are familiar to you, but you are not making any conscious choice of what you dream each night or what you see at the moment of death. They are presumably springing from the same source and that could be brain activity, obviously in the case of dreams, not so obviously in the case of NDEs, but that's not what I'm going to get into. Because I think the mystery lies even deeper. Images and emotions and experiences express themselves independently and you cannot control them. And this is true of dreams and also of NDEs. You can talk to someone in your lucid dream and not know what they're going to say. And so the point I'm trying to get to is that this autonomous imagery may spring from the same source. And so if you wanted to get some idea of what might your experience of death be like, which is, I presume, an autonomous experience that you do not control, you could look at the character and nature of your dreams or perhaps other autonomous imagery like drug trips or that sort of thing, but, but at least most people dream every night. You could look at that nature of your dreams and see what is the character and the relationship that I have with those images every night. Assume that your dreams were trying to talk to you, but they can only use pictures and feelings. Would it be a pleasant conversation? Would it be a tense argument? Would it be a scolding, a reprimanding that your dreams are trying to get something across to you? Obviously, this is going to vary day by day for each person, and it gets into a lot of gray area, quite literally. But I think over the course of one's life that you could look at the relationship you have with the autonomous imagery within you and guess at 
what the moment of death might be like based on that. With that said, before freaking everybody out, I think it is most likely that most people will have a pleasant and peaceful type of experience. That even though we all have an occasional nightmare, that overall dreams usually serve to try to broaden the personality to make someone more of who they are to compensate for our one-sidedness and that over the course of one's life that adds up it has its effect and that by the end of our lives we are more of perhaps who we could be and should be and that results in a pleasant and peaceful and loving type of uh, near-death experience or experience of death. That's another quick disclaimer that nobody knows whether NDEs are actually what dying is like because they have to come back. So that is a big question mark in all this. And as I said before, I'd like to reiterate, this is all speculative. But to look at the idea of a negative or hellish NDE, the question might come up of, well, if I have nightmares every night, does that mean that I am going to have a hellish NDE? Am I going to hell? That, to me, does not seem very likely. It seems like dreams often use nightmares to shock us or to get our attention to look at something that we don't want to look at. And that can be a wide a range of things. I mean, kids have nightmares. That doesn't mean all kids are, are, are doomed to an awful afterlife, right? It's, it's a way to grow or to shock the system, to, to broaden one's personality, to perhaps get a bit of courage or to look at things that we've been hiding under the rug. So that doesn't seem to me to warrant or characterize a relationship with one's imagery within that will end up in a awful, hellish sort of experience of death. But there is a type of nightmare, perhaps, that I think would make a, a negative NDE more likely. And that is plaguing or vengeful dreams of guilt, of conscience, which are confronting you with some action that you've taken that is abominable, right? We're not talking about stealing a candy bar in third grade, but things which are beyond moral comprehension, the buildup of a lifetime of lies or deceit, of swindling people, of making things worse, of awful, terrible moral actions, creating tragedies or, or harming people, those sort of things would 
perhaps trigger nightmares which which have this vengeful or guilty aspect. And if someone were to have dreams like that every night, then I would be quite afraid that they would have a similar type of afterlife experience. What comes to mind is the book Crime and Punishment by Dostoevsky. The main character Raskolnikov commits a crime and for all intents and purposes he gets away with it, but his conscience begins to eat away at him and eventually drives him to turn himself in, even though he could have gotten away with the crime. And at the end of the book, not to make this all doom and gloom, but he has a sort of epiphany or conversion to to reorient himself towards the light, uh, towards Christianity. And that provides a somewhat hopeful end, though he's paying for his crime and in servitude, as a result of it, there is this light at the end of the tunnel. I think that captures a very deep truth and one that is expressed even more deeply in religious texts around the world, that there's always the hope for redemption, that hell, we hope, is, is not eternal, but that one could repent and one could, by coming face to face with one's actions, begin to atone for them or at least recognize abominable actions for what they are. So to start to summarize what I think about answering the question of what will I see when I die, I think it will probably be something that you expect to see that is common in your culture for the afterlife. And I think that if you wanted to get some idea of what the experience may be like, you could look to the nature of autonomous imagery within you, because that may be the same source of the imagery one sees at the moment of death. With that said, I think based on the vast majority of NDEs that have been reported, most people are going to have peaceful, loving, amazing experiences where they get to see loved ones that have passed on and, and have a higher religious encounter with God or the divine. That is what most NDEs that I've read sound like. And that is a very comforting thing. And I hope in this discussion that when talking about autonomous imagery and dreams and that sort of thing, that one thing that doesn't get lost is that at the very bottom of this is a religious experience. It is the 
deepest mystery of what or who creates the images we see at night and the images we see at death. People used to believe that God spoke through dreams. One would see an angel at night asleep. And we have a very materialistic viewpoint on dreams nowadays, that they're just byproducts of an active brain while one's sleeping, that sort of thing. But, but the fact that these images are independent of your conscious control and can make their opinion known, sometimes quite powerfully, I think warrants a more spiritual or even religious view on dreams as opposed to a materialistic one. And that itself is a relationship. It's a relationship with something bigger than oneself. And with that, I will say thank you very much for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you use because that really helps get the podcast out there or share it with a friend if you think they'd be interested. I will return with more episodes here in the near future. And until then, I hope you all stay safe and well. Bye.